Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Joe Biden is an hour late to his own remarks, which I don't even know if I'm surprised anymore. I I don't. What possibly are they doing an hour, not 10 minutes late, an hour? It was supposed to be remarks at 115, and we noted that that'll be a little weird because you've got the State Department with a briefing. State Department with a briefing, you're not going to overtake them. You would, you know, you'd wait. So, okay, it delays, and it delays, and it delays. This is a long delay. Joe Biden is supposed to give remarks on the Senate passage of foreign aid. Okay, they passed the foreign aid bill. That's wonderful. That's terrific. The, the, the problem with the foreign aid bill is that the House is not there on it. Doesn't stop Chuck Schumer from playing the tough guy. Today, we make Vladimir Putin regret the day he questioned America's resolve. And we make clear to others, like China's President Xi, not to test our determination. What are you talking about? Why is why does this affect Russia at all? Why does this affect China at all? Because you're going to give aid to Ukraine and to Taiwan? They know this. They're fully aware of this. Why are you instigating like you're a tough guy? Shouldn't the conversation be, we support the very idea of freedom. And we support those people who want to live free. And we want to make sure that we are clear that our friendship is one of value. And while we expect much from our friends, we are there to take care of our friends. And let those who want to make a choice not to be our friends know where we stand, know what we believe, and most importantly, that we take friendship very seriously. Now, you could say to me, Tony, what's the real difference? Well, in one, the message is received. In the other, the message is from an egomaniacal old man who pretends he's a tough guy and is only tough because he's been in the Senate for nine bajillion years. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find it all at TonyKatz.com. I'd appreciate it if you would. I just, every time Chuck Schumer talks, I'm like, oh, dear Lord. This is, this is just silly. All I know is we're, we're already getting thanks from Vladimir Zelensky. You yeah, trust me, he's uh, saying the Senate just voted to continue uh, the, the support of our country and our warriors. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky continues a decision we have worked very hard for, a decision that has been awaited not only by us, but by many other nations, particularly in Europe. The world is waiting for American leadership uh, to remain steadfast and help protect lives and preserve freedom, says Vladimir Zelensky. This truly contributes to confidence and motivation. I thank Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer 
And who else do you thank? And Republican leader Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch himself, for their determination and morally strong choice. Democracy will surely prevail. Uh, for, for, for clarity, for clarity, I want Ukraine to exist, and I want Russia to be thwarted. These are the things that I want. I do not want Russia to be able to have an easy go of it. I do not want Russia to have Ukraine. Not at all. Not in any way. I don't want them to have anything that resembles success for Vladimir Putin. I think that's a terrible idea. But Ukraine has to accept that the battle that you are fighting is a very, very tough battle, and the victory that you want may not be obtainable. Are you prepared for this? Because if the answer is just this continued war of attrition, they've got more people that can do the attrition. They have more bodies than you. That's just reality. And I don't know if anybody talks to Ukraine about reality. We will hear from Joe Biden soon enough about this aid. I want to hear what he says. And then I want to hear if he takes questions. That, that to me is a big one. Because the House has said, we're not doing anything with foreign aid until we do something about the border. We're not doing anything with foreign aid until we some, do something about the border. And I think that's right. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. But keep your head can't walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. He's, he just flatly said that. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hands. As I've said before, the stakes in this fight extend far beyond Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself just to Ukraine. And the cost for America and our allies and partners are going to rise. For Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. History is watching. Failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. I want to be clear about something, because I know it's important to the American people. While this bill sends military equipment to Ukraine, it spends the money right here in the United States of America, places like Arizona, where the Patriot missiles are built, in Alabama, where the Javelin missiles are built, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas, where artillery shells are made. And the way it works is we supply Ukraine with military equipment from our stockpiles, and then we spend our money replenishing those stockpiles so our military has access to them. Stockpiles that are made right here in America by American workers. That not only supports American jobs and American communities, it allows us to invest in maintaining and strengthening our own defense manufacturing capacity. Look, this bill meets our national security priorities in the Middle East as well and includes greater support for our troops serving in the region, who continue to defend against militia attacks backed by Iran. It also provides Israel with what it needs to protect its people against a terrorist group like Hamas and Hezbollah and others. And it will provide life-saving humanitarian aid to the Palestinian people who desperately need food, water, and shelter.
They need help. And finally, this bill includes critical funding for our national security priorities in Asia. Because even as we focus on the conflicts in Gaza and Ukraine, we must not take our eye off our national security challenges in the Pacific. It's the responsibility of a great nation, and we are a great nation that the rest of the world looks to. And I mean that. The rest of the world looks to us. The stakes were already high for American security before this bill was passed in the Senate last night. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American. When America gives us word, it means something. When we make a commitment, we keep it. And NATO is a sacred commitment. Donald Trump looks at this as if it's a burden. When he looks at NATO, he doesn't see the alliance that protects America and the world. He sees a protection racket. He doesn't understand that NATO is built on the fundamental principles of freedom, security, and national sovereignty. Because for Trump, principles never matter. Everything is transactional. He doesn't understand that the sacred commitment we've given works for us as well. In fact, I would remind Trump and all those who would walk away from NATO, Article 5 has only been invoked once, just once in our NATO history. And it was done to stand with America after we were attacked on 9-11. We should never forget it. You know, our adversaries have long sought to create cracks in the alliance. The greatest hope of all those who wish America harm is for NATO to fall apart. And you can be sure that they all cheered when they heard Donald Trump and heard what he said. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's President Biden speaking live about the foreign aid bill, which has turned into some kind of campaign speech. Go back to it. As long as I'm president, if Putin attacks a NATO ally, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory. Let me close with this. You've heard me say this before. Our nation stands at an inflection point, an inflection point in history, where the decisions we make now are going to determine the course of our future for decades to come. This is one of those moments. And I say to the House members, House Republicans, you got to decide. Are you going to stand up for freedom? Or are you going to side with terror and tyranny? You're going to stand with Ukraine? You're going to stand with Putin? Will we stand with America or with Trump? Republicans and Democrats in the Senate came together to send a message of unity to the world. It's time for the House Republicans to do the same thing, to pass this bill immediately, to stand for decency, stand for democracy, to stand up to a so-called leader hell-bent on weakening American security. And I mean it sincerely. History is watching. History is watching. In moments like this, we have to remember who we are. We're the United States of America. The world is looking to us. There's nothing beyond our capacity. We act together.
In this case, acting together includes acting with our NATO allies. God bless you all. May God protect our speakers. And I promise I'll come back and answer questions later. Thank you. When Trump said that, sir. So he walks right off. He said he wasn't going to answer questions, and he has not answered questions. That was insane. He wants the Republicans to pass this in the House. He wants Speaker Johnson uh, to pass this in the House, the $60 billion for Ukraine, the $14 billion for Israel, the $9 uh, billion in, in, in humanitarian assistance for Gaza, which will end up in the hands of Hamas, money for Taiwan. And he makes it a, a, a campaign speech about Trump. You can either be on the side of freedom or you can be on the side of Trump from the White House. From the White House. That's nuts. That there are going to be 9 million questions here about what can and can't be done from the White House. But certainly, you know, you're the president of the United States. You're able to make statements as as you see fit that's crazy the gop must choose to stand with the us or trump by the way this is how biden started the conversation i don't want anything to get in the way of the statement to be very blunt about it not that you wouldn't just focus on the statement. Okay, so no questions because I don't want anything to get in ahead of the statement. Fine. You want to argue that the United States will protect every inch of NATO? Absolutely fine. Our adversaries want NATO to fall apart? Unquestionably true. None of those things bother me. Oddly enough, those used to be Republican principles, which is a weird conversation in and of itself. The GOP can support NATO or support, well, support NATO or support the country or support Trump. They are supporting the country by not doing anything until we have some damn border security. You don't get to tell us we have to send 90 plus billion dollars around the globe when you don't have a secure southern border. It, this is a very easy conversation to combat. You're trying to make a moral play. And to do that, you want to go after Trump as being immoral, which is fine on the campaign trail. Not so much fine here. But the pressure play doesn't work because you didn't secure the border. You know how long it took me to figure that out? Correct. No time whatsoever. I will admit, I was very surprised by the the audacity statements here. You made it about Trump. The people in Ukraine don't give a damn. The people in Israel don't give a damn. Now, I will, and by the way, the people on the southern border don't give a damn. They want the protection that is promised to them by the United States Constitution in Article 4, Section 4. But we should should note, uh, by the way, that, that this whole conversation about the, the, the money. That no, nothing about the border has been done or ha- and has been delivered. Nothing about the border 
has been given. And for Joe Biden not to recognize that, I, I think, is, is incredibly foolhardy. This is such an easy one to push back on. The border first. Here's House Bill 2, which we passed 280 days ago. Go take it up in the Senate. We can take this up after that gets taken up. You don't want to play politics? Okay. The American people aren't politics. Ukraine is. Next. If I'm Speaker Johnson, I get to the microphone and I say it is very clear from President Biden's statement that he doesn't care if Americans die. Let me say that again. Joe Biden doesn't care if Americans die. Just like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hates brown children because she doesn't care that they get trafficked up through Mexico, through the Darien Gap, through all those South American and Central American nations. She doesn't care if they get raped. She doesn't care if they get killed. That's obvious because she hasn't taken any photo ops down there since Joe Biden's been president. Joe Biden doesn't care about American children or American wives or American men. She doesn't care or he does not care about any of them. He only cares that Ukraine likes him and he gets to act the tough guy against Donald Trump. The people of the border states, the people living with the hellscape of all these illegal immigrants in New York and other places don't actually care about your fight with Donald Trump. They care about a protected border. Would you please take the proper pills that allow you to think like a person and let's do something about it? House Bill 2 is here. Go have a talk about it in the Senate. Pass the damn thing and sign it. Mike Johnson should be out of his head. And he should state as clear as day that Joe Biden doesn't care about American children, American wives, American husbands, American families at all. That's what he just said. Meanwhile, the Dow is now down over 700 points the nasdaq is down 325 why inflation is up remember how they told us the economy is going great uh, they, they, they told us the economy is going great this is one of their people i, mean, I think it's jared bernstein he's there on uh I've, I've, i don't remember i don't remember which one this is is this cnb no it's a cnn and he wants to tell you that everything's in terrific. The past. In the past few months, we've seen what some of these survey takers, not us, this is their word, have called a surge in consumer confidence. So the University of Michigan survey, which is a survey for the whole country, they take it at the university there, uh, is up about 30% in two months. And our theory of the case, Sarah, has long been that if we can maintain the tight job market, we're easing off on prices so that real, that is inflation-adjusted incomes can grow increasing people's buying power while doing everything we can to actually lower the cost of food, of eggs, of milk, of airfares, of used cars, appliances, things that you know really matter to everyday folks for families like the one the president grew up in. It should start showing up in uh, consumer confidence. And it- Dow is down se- 700. Yeah, you might not be wanting to tout this. I'm Tony Katz.
Just do the math. Of course, we have national uh, minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25, fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. Ms. Lee. That is a push for a $50 an hour minimum wage in California during a California Senate debate. And Katie Porter is there and Adam Schiff is there. Steve Garvey is there as the Republican. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that was uh, Representative Barbara Lee. $50 an hour minimum wage. The problem we have, of course, is a total lack of understanding regarding how the economy works. And this idea comes from, amongst many places, lying to Americans. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. One of the lies is, my gosh, this economy is strong. Everything's going great. Joe Biden deserves so much credit. Look how good things are. You can take a look at certain numbers and say, okay, that shows something. Hmm, that works. Okay, that's something. Well, we're gonna take a look at numbers. Let's take a look at BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which states that the consumer price index for all consumers increased 0.3%. 0.3%. It was up 0.2 in December. It's up 0.3 today. And over the last 12 months, the all items index increased to 3.1% before seasonal adjustment. I won't even get into where the core is. I'll leave that for Dr. Matt Will. He joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Find him on X, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on the Twitter uh, a box. Uh, you got in touch with me before I had the chance to get in touch with you, and your only conversation was, I'm not happy. The Dow is right now down 463, and it was in the green in the pre-market before this report came out. The 10-year Treasury went through the roof when this report came out. So you're not alone. So let's start with the basics. Why are you unhappy, Dr. Will? Well, the, the unhappy is second. The basics are first. The basics are this. The core is 0.4. If you, again, I multiply by 12, that's 4.8. We haven't had this high of an inflation since mid-2021, and it's a three-month trend. You and I talk about this you know, well, is it an anomaly? Is it one month up, one month down? We now have a three-month trend. All items are up for three months. Core index is up three months. The ISM index, which the Institute for Supply Management, is up dramatically this last month. Um, it doesn't matter where you look. Everything is up. Food is up. Shelter is up. This is not what we were supposed to be promised by the president. Well, let's talk about... How did these things go up? We have seen, of course, that there were some ticks down in, toward, in the end of 2023. Then we saw a questionable uh, inflation report that seemed to show inflation at 3.9%. They actually discussed it being revised down, basically 4%, twice what the target rate is from the Fed. The Fed had questioned whether or not there were going to be three rate cuts in 2024, and now we have this. So you want to talk about the basics. What were the basics that caused us or caused America to have an increase in inflation? Uh, President Biden. That's the bottom line. 
President Biden. Jerome Powell has been very politically correct. He's been very gentle in saying, you know, we've increased rates. We're doing our part. Can you people please control your spending? He's been very kind in saying this. And he said, unless you get your spending under control, don't expect rate cuts. He's been very consistent in what he said. And the administration is ignoring him. And you just played a clip before you brought me on that got me even more riled. $50 an hour for the kid who cuts my grass? That translates into 100000 a year. Really? And that's not going to cause inflation. These people, these socialists running the economy, they're the problem, and their solution is more of the problem. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I, I have never had to say this to you, sir, uh, but I will. Just uh, warning you that we uh, do follow FCC regulations here. And we do. Because I think you're close. Like, I think you're that bothered. Of course the $50 minimum wage is, is a madness conversation. She's trying to make the argument. It could be 25 everywhere else, but 50 is the living wage in California, only proving, in my view, that there's no such thing as a living wage. But you mentioned Biden. Biden is the issue and the reason the inflation is up. We haven't, while there has been, of course, spending packages with the Inflation Reduction Act, infrastructure, things like that, as the Republicans have been in charge because of, yes, a lot of dysfunction, there also has not been a lot of legislation. So are we sure that our, our blame Biden mathematics is accurate here? It is, because this was the guy who looked, oversaw the biggest increase in federal spending in the history of our country, the biggest increase in deficits in the history of our country. And it's more than just his actions on the pocketbook. It's what he's doing uh, from the bully pulpit. This guy had the gall to not do a, a Super Bowl interview. Instead, he did the shrinkflation commercial. This is I, I've been teaching this for years, Tony. The, the socialist playbook is this, cause inflation and then blame it on business. I've been teaching this for decades, and that's exactly what pr the president is doing. He is complaining that the businesses are causing inflation through shrinkflation, and he wants you to blame the businesses for something he has created. Here, i got to give you one piece of data. Three years, three years since he took office, 16.7% inflation. The entire Trump administration was 7.6. Three years are more than double the entire previous four years. That's all you have to look at to see what's happening here. So now we need to establish the difference between the overall and the core, because you went right to the core. The core takes out food and energy. Those are considered volatile. Let's go back to basics. Why do they get called volatile? And indeed, does that number comport better? Is that the number we should be looking at? At, at, at The number we should really be looking at, should it be with or without the food and energy numbers? Well, you know, I, there's no right answer to that question. What, what you did say correctly, though, is that it removes the volatility, the swings up and the swings down, which could be to a windstorm, you know, a pipeline breaks in Alaska, so that causes energy to fluctuate, you know, someone invades another country. So a lot of things outside of the president's control. So core inflation is less fluctuating, yet it is back up now to where it was in mid-2021. But that is energy. Food is still up. Food doubled last month. Last month, food doubled. That's a significant item because all of us have to eat, and we all see it. 
you can't go to a restaurant and look at the bill and, and don't notice that inflation has hit the food pocketbook more than anything else. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on Twitter. I mentioned that once this report came out, the 10-year Treasury jumped big. And, of course, the 10-year Treasury is important to note because that's what they base mortgage rates on. And for a while there, it had been back under 4%. And it was like, okay, this is good. This is a this is a win. And then, well, right now it's at four point two eight. The jump was massive uh, this morning. Uh, how do these new uh, rates, this new inflation, how do we feel this is going to affect interest rates in short and long term? Up, up. Well, I, that's the bottom line. I'm not sure how much more detail I can go up because. The market thought inflation was under control. Jerome Powell said, hold your horses. We're still spending too much. And magic, three months of trending up. So the market got it wrong, which it often does. And we are still with inflation. Oh, the good, there's good news. It's not as bad as it was a year and a half ago. That's our good news? That's your good news. Well, you are a, you are a ray of sunshine. We see the market immediately lose its lose its lunch right we we see it say dear lord we do not want any part of this 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 is not the day we were looking for what's fascinating in these kinds of moments is that tomorrow everything can be fine what is the reaction we're seeing from the market today well it's interesting the way that you say that it's a thing called market efficiency and people could go ahead and google that Market efficiency is this concept that the market instantly incorporates all the news it has. And so that's what you saw. The, move it, the, the market lost its lunch, as you said, as soon as it got the bad news. Tomorrow, it's already incorporated that bad news. So whatever happens tomorrow could cause it to go up. But that bad news is now in the market. And it's, it's gone. It's done. It's history. Okay. It's a sunk cost, as we say in accounting. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying here. Because it doesn't seem to me to make sense that something like this could come out, that you could have this kind of situation, you could have this kind of issue, and then all of a sudden the market says, okay, we've absorbed it in, and we're fine, we're moving on to the next thing. What do you mean you're moving on to the next thing? This has real-world effect on everybody and on everything that we buy. How, how does the market think they could just absorb this in a day and get back to just whistling and walking down the street like there's not a problem in the world. Oh, it's not that the market doesn't believe there's a problem. What the market does is it instantly incorporates this information. You and I will talk about it. We're human beings. We're social animals. So it takes us time to mentally process it. But the market just coldly, very frigidly just says, okay, bad news, put it in. That's now in the past. The market never looks to the past. The market's always looking to the future. It got it wrong. The market thought we're going to have rate cuts, inflation's under control. This morning they got slapped in the face and said, you're wrong. And so the market now has put that in. Now it's looking, well, let's see what's going to happen tomorrow. That seems odd. That seems odd because we look at this and every day we're dealing with it. There's this great clip of Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser talking to Bill Maher on his, uh, he's got a podcast, Club something, Club Random, I think it's called. 
Uh, and he's like, the economy's fine. Inflation isn't crazy. And she goes, look at the price of eggs. Try and buy a car. And she's losing her mind. She's four-letter this and four-letter that. And the truth is they're, they're both having a conversation of accuracy. In terms of inflation, as we have seen it in the past, it's not radical. In, in terms of interest rates that we've had historically, we are still relatively low. But in relationship to what we are told by the federal government, specifically by the Biden administration, that somehow it's all fine. And as you noted, it's the problem is shrinkflation because of these quote unquote greedy businesses. People realize that things aren't fine. So when you take a look at these numbers and you take a look at things like uh, consumer confidence, which is a number I take uh, as important, th th this adds to the realization that consumers are not confident. And if the consumer is not confident, I have to assume the business owner is not confident about ways to move forward or ways to invest in their business and grow their business. But you're correct. But now let me let me give you a contradicting piece of information. The consumer confidence index increased in January. So yay, it went up. But then we have this bad news. And the market reacted positively to that news that when, when it was released back in January, just a couple weeks ago. And today we got bad news and now it reacts negatively. So yes, what you said is correct. You can have two disparate statements and they can both be correct. See, that's, that's what drives people nuts. Like it should have some ongoing uh, effect and, and it doesn't. And part of the thing that, that kind of struck me, you talk about you know, where, where consumer confidence is, we also took a look at the fact that Coca-Cola said uh, they've, they've got, uh, they did better than, than expected. You've got other companies that have come out with, with numbers and saying, hey, uh, this has been, uh, we're, we're much, doing much better than, than we thought in terms of how their revenues go. But we have not yet heard whether or not those revenues are because more people are buying their product or because people are paying more for their product. And I would assume oh, I that, that if it's question. the latter, it would have a continued negative effect on the economy. It did. It did. If you take the 500, S&P 500, and you take the, the Jumbo 7, the Mega Cap 7, they made 107% last year. The rest of the market, 493 stocks in aggregate, lost 8%. That's a big deal. So it is factually true that these numbers are caused by inflation and that 493 out of 500 companies in the, in the, the aggregate had a, a negative year last year. That's just a fact. Biden should send a thank you note to those other seven and say, hey, appreciate you making me look good. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Man, that, that Biden presser was, was something else. I can't get over it. I cannot get over that Joe Biden... It want, he wants to pressure the House to vote for the, uh, the, 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 the aid package to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. And by the way, I think we should send aid to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. But no conversation about protecting the border. And then turns it into this campaign speech against Trump. 
Trump is gonna he favors uh, uh, Putin and the GOP could vote for America or vote for Trump. What are you doing? HR2 was passed by the House. Chuck Schumer won't bring it to the floor. It is a bill about the border. Tell Joe Biden to get it done. I said it before and I'll say it again. First, this press this, the statement that Biden made today about passing this legislation is nutty. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. It's nuts. And Johnson should be out of his head. You're going to do the border first. You're going to care about Americans first. So Democrats, they have a choice. They can side with America or they can side with the cartels killing our children. Your choice. That's the way the president talks. That's the way you got to talk. And you have to actually go at Joe Biden. You actually have to insult him. He's got a, a massive ego thing. He a massive tough guy thing. So just like all bullies, you got to whack him right in the nose. I don't know if Mike Johnson's the guy for that, but he better do it. Right in the nose. That's what he's got to do. Because that's what Joe Biden deserves. And honestly, force him into another press conference where he sounds like a crazy person. Who? we Find everything at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.